snack. Anyway, uh, if you are new to Element, welcome. If there are Bibles in the seat backs in front of you, if you don't own one, you can have one. If you forgot one, you can use one, as Aaron says every week. There are sermon notes on the communion tables around the room. One of the sides has a place to take notes and some questions that we've been repeating throughout this series, and the back side has a recap of today's message. Also, if you have a smart device, you can download the Bible app, and when you uh, click on More and Events in the bottom, you can either type in our zip code here, 93455, or you can use GPS and Element Christian Church to pop up, and you'll find all of our uh, notes for today, the scripture, and some of the announcements that Sarah was mentioning as well. But again, welcome to Element. My name is Kevin. Most of you know me now, which is awesome. I'm so glad to be here. Um, I'm one of the ministers here at Element, and I get to hang out with uh, some of our youth and young adults, and it's wonderful. Um, But would you stand with me today for the reading of God's Word? This is from Luke chapter 10, verses 41 and 42. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Let me pray. Lord, thank you for this morning, God. Thank you for this end of the year Sunday that we have to reflect on uh, what you've done this year in our lives and here at Element, but also to look forward to what you might be calling us into So I pray this morning, God, as we look at the story of Martha, that you would speak through her story into our lives, wherever we might be. Um, God, some of my thoughts maybe will help people, but more than that, God, I pray that you, by your spirit, would meet each of us where we are, and that you would speak what we need, and that we would see you more clearly, and learn and grow to trust you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a seat. So, as Sarah mentioned earlier, we're coming to the end of our Not So Little Women series. Over the last few months, we've explored stories of all sorts of different women throughout the Bible. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, the good girls and the bad girls, which also show us some good and bad men along the way because we're all related. And I pray that God has encouraged and challenged you throughout these weeks. Today, we are learning about Martha, or from Martha, I should say. She was a woman who had a sister named Mary and a brother named Lazarus, if you don't know, and she was also one of the female disciples of Jesus. When I spoke back in October, I chose Rebecca from the Old Testament, the book of Genesis, because she was one of the first women in the story of Israel, God's chosen people. But this time, I wanted to uh, take a look at a woman from the New Testament, someone who interacted directly with Jesus. And of those so many women in the gospel accounts, Martha struck, she struck a chord, but she still strikes a chord with me. She reminds me of people that I know, and often I find myself acting much like she does. Another reason for choosing Martha is that I think people give Martha a bad rap. In the verse I had you just stand for to hear, um, it looks like Martha's sister Mary chooses what is better or the better portion. And so Martha must have chosen poorly, right? No. And we'll look at why. So who was Martha? Martha was from the town of Bethany, which is just about two miles walk from Jerusalem. And as I mentioned, she had a brother and a sister, Lazarus and Mary. But when I talk about Mary this morning, I got to be careful because there are at least four Marys in the gospel accounts of Jesus' life. 
I'm not, when I'm talking about Mary, I'm talking about, as this Mary is known, Mary from Bethany. Not Mary, the mother of Jesus, who Aaron talked about last week. Not Mary Magdalene, who Aaron will speak about on Easter. Um, And not the other Mary from Matthew chapter 28. We don't know who really she might have been. Um, As for Martha, though, we know that she cared much for her siblings. John's gospel gives us the impression that she very much cared for both brother and sister. When Mary and Martha are worried that Lazarus is going to die, they send a message to Jesus and say, Hey, our brother's going to die. Can you come and heal him? Martha also cares a lot for Mary in Mary's grief of Lazarus' actual death. We see this little private exchange where she's really trying to comfort her. And so, one more important thing that we see about Martha is that she was active. She was a doer, a get-things-done type of person. She was the one who welcomed Jesus and some of the disciples into her home. She was the one who prepared the home for the guests. She was also the first one who went out to see Jesus when he was coming to Lazarus' tomb. And she will also be the one who serves a special meal in honor of Jesus, spoiler, after Lazarus comes back from the dead. So Martha was active. Martha was a host. She loved having people over, it seems. We see that both in Luke chapter 10 and John chapter 12. And so we, we get this sense that she very much cares for hospitality. And then, of course, importantly, we see that Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus, as it says in John chapter 11, verse 5. But Jesus loved Martha, and Martha knew and trusted Jesus. So there are three stories that we find Martha in in the New Testament. So one is in Luke chapter 10, and the other is in John chapter 11 and chapter 12. In Luke chapter 10, which is the story we'll focus on today, we see Martha as a host. She welcomes Jesus in, and the disciples are probably there with her, and they stay at her home. But over that course of time, she gets frustrated either with her sister or the whole situation, and we'll we'll see what that's all about. Later in John chapter 11, Martha um, and Mary are worried because Lazarus is sick. So they send word and tell Jesus, hey, would you come and maybe pray and heal our brother? But Jesus delays his coming and Lazarus ends up dying. And then Jesus shows up after the fact. Don't worry, Jesus had a big plan, but that's a sermon for another time. So Martha interacts with Jesus and regarding Lazarus' death, and she proclaims her faith in Jesus, even though Lazarus is still dead, which I think is a beautiful thing. She had a lot of faith that knew that Jesus could heal him but he doesn't, but she still trusts him. And so in the end, Martha and Mary and so many other people get to witness God's glory when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Like I said, sermon for another time. And then a few days later, in John chapter 12, Martha is a host just like she was in Luke 10 all over again. This time it's in honor of Jesus again, and Lazarus has been raised from the dead. We'll see if there's any changes in how that happens across the two stories. But like I said, today we're going to focus on Luke chapter 10. And in the Element Bibles, if you want to follow along, the Bibles are under the seat backs in front of you. It'll be on page 564. So Luke 10, and then we'll look at the Gospel of John's and the rest of the story with Martha. But here, let me read it for you. 
Luke 10, verses 38 through 42, the whole story. Now, as they went on their way, that's Jesus and his disciples, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So we have three main characters. You can pick them all out. We have Jesus and Martha and Mary. And like I said, the disciples are probably in the background. And Luke tells us that Martha is the one who welcomed Jesus into her house. This is my speculation, but I think Martha was probably the first in her family to encounter Jesus. And then more than once in the gospel, we see people encountering Jesus and then inviting him over to their homes. We see Zacchaeus do this. Levi, the tax collector, also does this. And maybe that's how things happen for Martha. Or maybe Martha just has the gift of hospitality. Some people enjoy having company over and creating a warm environment for conversation and friendship. Some people don't. That's okay. Uh, But we can assume that Martha valued hospitality and may have enjoyed caring for people in her home. I like to say when I'm talking about Martha to our youth, Martha is the hostess with the mostess, and Jesus is Martha's guest. When I was a kid, my parents often had family friends over, um, whether it was for dinner, Bible study, games night, whatever. And even though dad was the one who made the invite to all the other families, our whole family became part of the event. Us kids would clean up our toys and our rooms and help clean up the house. Mom would probably be making salads and vegetables in the kitchen. Dad would probably be grilling burgers before our guests arrived. If you caught that, I said our guests. Even though dad was probably the one who wanted to have people over, sometimes my family is a little bit reserved, Um, but our whole family was expected to participate, especially as kids, at least until the adults had their boring conversations after dinner. So though Jesus is Martha's guest, I think Martha would have expected anybody in the household, at least her sister, to help her get things ready. If you're part of the same household and somebody famous has been invited over, wouldn't you probably help clean things up? So, and here we get some of the intrigue of our story, the sibling rivalry between Mary and Martha, or maybe there's laziness, maybe it's jealousy. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Martha is all alone trying her hardest to feed her guests or to clean the dishes, or to serve apple pie and ice cream, which I'm hungry for. When, where's Mary? Mary is sitting with Jesus, listening to his teaching. Have you experienced anything like that ever? I have in many different ways. This past Thanksgiving, I visited my cousin and some of his friends for Thanksgiving. And while we were waiting for dinner, we heard frustrated shouts coming from the kitchen. Did you put the dinner rolls in the oven yet? Are the sweet potatoes burning? I don't have enough hands. I need some help. And side note, 
When Aaron reviewed my message, he said, that's like me at Christmas Eve in Old Town Orchid. There was tons of volunteers doing all of the work, and I was just walking around, eating a burrito, and saying hi to people, instead of helping at the Jingle Squeaks booth. <laughs> so even as we ate, though, on that Thanksgiving night, the cook was still fussing over things. Oh, the turkey is cold. The dinner rolls are a little burnt because someone forgot to set the timer. I'm sure some of us can relate to these things. I thought dinner was tasty and the event was filled with good conversation. But I also remember all of the fussing that kind of overshadowed the, the night. I imagine Martha in this story felt much like that. She had so many things to juggle, so many people to please, so many details to get right so everyone could enjoy themselves. She was anxious and worried. And maybe Martha was jealous of her sister Mary. Maybe it would be nice just to sit down. Maybe that wasn't it. Maybe Martha wanted to spend time with Jesus, but thought it was inappropriate at that moment because her cultural role as a woman was to be in the kitchen, not sitting with Jesus, the rabbi, and all of his male disciples. We need to talk about Mary just a little bit because what she does, we don't think much of it. But back then, it was a big deal. Luke says that Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Like I said, today we read this and we don't see anything wrong with it. It's not out of place for a woman to sit around a dinner table with a pastor and some other people talking about scripture. In Jesus' day, that was not the case. Only men could be rabbis or religious teachers, and only men could become disciples of rabbis. To sit at the feet of a rabbi was another way of saying that this person was an official disciple of that rabbi. And maybe they aspired to be like that rabbi, and maybe they would become a rabbi themselves one day. And if sitting at Jesus' feet in Luke's gospel doesn't clue us in, Luke clarifies that Mary is listening to Jesus' teaching. Luke tells us that Mary, a woman, is behaving as a male disciple of Jesus. Mary is breaking social and cultural rules, and Jesus is okay with it. But Martha is probably not. Martha welcomed Jesus into her home. She probably would love to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to his teaching. But in this story, she's not spending much time with him. She's trying to be a good host, but her efforts are consuming her attention. Martha is fulfilling her social role by serving in the kitchen, while Mary is not. What do you think? Does Martha have a reason to be frustrated with Mary or with this whole situation? How would you feel if you were the one that welcomed your guest over, but all you did was serve and not actually get to engage in relationship? So the type A personality that Martha is, she takes action. She speaks with Jesus and asks him to put Mary in her socially acceptable place. But Jesus gently refuses Martha's request and speaks truth in love. As humans, sometimes our situation and emotions get the best of us and we make poor decisions and act rashly. When Jesus says, Martha, Martha, I imagine him calming her down gently and with much grace. Then Jesus clarifies Martha's situation. He helps her understand why she's feeling and acting as she does. 
You're anxious and troubled about many things, he says. Isn't it just like Jesus to know us better than we know ourselves? Our good shepherd shows us boundless grace over and over. He meets us where we are, whatever state of being we are in, and points us back towards himself. So Jesus gently corrects Martha by pointing out that only one thing is necessary. So what is that one thing? Well, it's what Mary chose. Jesus calls it the good portion. A possible reference to Psalm 16. You can look that up later if you'd like. This good portion is to be in relationship with Jesus, to be a disciple of the rabbi. People give Martha a bad rap for fussing in the kitchen because Mary chose what is better. But I actually believe that Martha is the true hero in this story. And that's because I am a Martha too. Who welcomed Jesus into their home? Martha. Who prepared the food and made Jesus and the other guests feel comfortable and welcome? And maybe, you know, got rid of the grumblies in their tummies? Martha. Who does Luke focus on? Yes, Jesus, but who else do we learn from in this story? Martha. Imagine it. Where would this world be without the Marthas? Without the people who get things done, who are doers, who are active and make things happen. If Element Church had no Martha's, Sundays right now would be a lot different. There'd be no communion elements on any of these tables or maybe just one table in the back. There'd be no warm and friendly faces to greet people outside, no coffee and tea bar, no nursery, toddler, pre-K or elementary classrooms. So we probably have toddlers in here crying right now. You know, musical worship might just be the one-man band like we had this morning all of the time, though. The live stream broadcast might look and sound much worse than it does. Outside, we might find lots of leaves and everything blowing all over the, tra- uh, the, the parking lot. It would look a lot different without Martha's. Without Martha's, the old orc at Christmas Eve would have never happened. Raise your hand. How many of you got to actually go to Christmas Eve at Old Town Orchid? That's pretty good. Um, we thought that there might have been upwards of a thousand people there, which is amazing. Now, raise your hand if you were helping in some way behind the scenes that day or any time beforehand. Thank you. Like Sarah said earlier, we couldn't have done that without your help and service. Now, if you just came with your family to Old Orca Christmas Eve and didn't volunteer, don't feel bad. We are so glad that you came. That was Element's gift to the community. I just wanted us to see there was a lot of help and a lot of Martha's serving that day. So people like Martha are important and valuable to Jesus and to the life of his family, the church. Martha's issue wasn't her doing. Her doing was a valuable gift. But Martha's issue was that her focus drifted away from being with Jesus. So let's look at the rest of Martha's story in John, the Gospel of John. Like I said, in John chapter 11, uh, it takes place after John, I mean Luke chapter 10. And we see Martha run out to meet Jesus as he's nearing Lazarus' tomb um, after his death. So Jesus and Martha talk about how Jesus could have healed Lazarus if he would have gotten there sooner. Martha has a lot of faith. 
And at the end of their conversation, Martha makes this strong, clear, bold statement. She says to Jesus, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. With those words, Martha confirmed that she is a disciple, a committed follower of Jesus, just like Mary sitting at his feet earlier. And this is even before Jesus saves her trouble, her pain, and raises her brother from the dead. Do you see what I see here? Uh, Christmas pun, it fell flat, that's okay. <laughs> there it is. Martha has grown. She's focused on her relationship with Jesus instead of all the Jews that came to visit her and her sister back at their house for the funeral. There's this big party and she doesn't care. She ran out just to see Jesus. Her brother has died and she just wants to spend time with Jesus. Her priorities are in order because being with Jesus came here before serving other people. But to clarify, living in relationship with Jesus leads to serving others. So just a few days later in John chapter 12, after Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead, Martha again is serving a meal in honor of Jesus. And her sister Mary steals the scene here with this lavish, um, expensive perfume that she anoints Jesus with. But Martha does not complain, unlike she did in uh, the first story. Martha is no longer in the story except for contently serving all of the guests. So Martha is doing the same thing she did. She's serving, but Martha doesn't seem anxious or troubled about anything. Why might that be? Because she's grown. Following and loving Jesus has changed her. It's matured her. She can now be with Jesus and do things for Jesus at the same time. Martha can keep her heart and mind fixed on loving and following Jesus without getting sidetracked by being hospitable or with these cultural things that Mary keeps pushing up against. Those things are between Mary and Jesus, and Martha is just going to keep her gaze and her focus on Jesus. She's confident and content in Jesus' love, and that is where her focus remains. So, that's the story so many lessons, I think, can be pulled out of this, not least of which is that both women and men are called to be disciples of Jesus. In contrast to the culture of Jesus' day, Luke makes it clear that both women and men are free to learn from our rabbi Jesus. Both are invited to love and follow and serve him. As we've seen throughout this series and when we were back in the study in Galatians, just as Paul said in Galatians 3.28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So Jesus invites anyone and everyone, regardless of your social status, your race, your gender, to be his disciples. You are invited to trust and follow Jesus if you haven't decided to make him your rabbi, your teacher, your savior, your Lord, or if you've drifted away from Christ and sensed the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart, take action today. Be like Martha and welcome Jesus in. He is a strong and faithful savior, ready to engage you right where you are. 
build a relationship with you, and show you His glory as you walk together with Him. And if that's on your heart today, I encourage you later, uh, we will have a prayer team um, out during the music and after service in the lounge and go, and go and see them. Share your life and they would be happy to pray with you. Here are three more lessons from Martha's story that I would love for us to think through as we approach this new year. The body of the Christ, the church, we need Martha's. So serve by volunteering somewhere. And for those of you who already have, and also for those of you who served on Christmas Eve, again, thank you. We couldn't have done it without you. And if maybe serving here at Element isn't the thing for the time or whatever might be, then put your time and talent to work for others. Maybe that's in your community, or maybe simply your family, your neighbors, your classmates, your coworkers. But God calls us to serve people. Um, with the same love that he's shown us. So let's get involved together. And maybe you can find creative ways of serving. Maybe you can care for the people at Vandenberg uh, somehow, or um, sometimes come and play games with me and the Delta High School students on Wednesdays at lunch. Um, but get involved wherever God's gifted you and given you a passion or an excitement. So maybe this year, if you're a New Year's resolution type, Consider making a New Year's resolution to at least give serving a try here at Element or to purposefully and tangibly loving your neighbors with the same love that Jesus has shown us. Lesson number two, keep your relationship with Christ as the one thing that is necessary. Jesus wants you. He wants me. He wants our heart, our attention, and our relationship much more than he wants our activity or our work. Like Martha, I catch myself doing things for Jesus rather than being with Jesus. It's easier to find my value and worth when I see progress marking off all the check boxes. Um, whether that's setting up couches for a youth event or shopping for supplies or even doing Bible research for a lesson. And yes, those things need to get done in my life, but have I taken time to be with Jesus? to sit at his feet? Am I keeping busy doing things also instead of being hospitable to the people that God brings into my life? Maybe I can think through and say, I can leave those things undone just for 10 minutes even to spend time with them or to spend more time with Jesus, thanking him and asking wherever he might be guiding me into the future. So if we are just Christian content consumers, we have this spiritual obesity problem and we probably need to get some exercise by serving. And on the flip side, if we're only doing things for Jesus and not feeding on God's word and on his presence, then we become malnourished, weak, and unhealthy. So maybe as we begin this new year, take some time to evaluate yourself or maybe ask some people around you that you know and trust, maybe your gospel community, to help you answer the question, how healthy is your relationship with Christ? What does it look like for you to personally sit at Jesus' feet and listen to his teaching? And when and where are you spending time with him each week outside of Sunday mornings here in corporate worship? This is important, but our personal relationship with Jesus as well is very, very important. How might you adjust your doing your schedule, task load, mental and emotional state 
to be more present with Jesus each day. And I don't say these things to add one more checkbox or to shame any of us, but just to encourage us all, including myself. That's a microphone. (laughs) To remind us all that Jesus loved Martha and that he loves us and he wants our hearts more than he wants our put-together lives. So let's keep our relationship with Christ as the one thing that is necessary. Finally, Jesus, the Messiah, third lesson, he loves us so we can trust him that he is working in his perfect time. When Lazarus became ill, Martha and Mary sent for Jesus, but Jesus didn't come right away and Lazarus actually died. Even so, Martha had confidence that Jesus loved her and her siblings and that Jesus was still the Messiah, the Savior. And so two results come out of this story. God did show his glory by raising Lazarus from the dead. And because of that, Martha and many others grew in their trust and faith of Jesus. So in the good and the difficult times, Jesus will come through for you. Your miracle may not be a resurrection like Lazarus or a healing from cancer or a restored relationship, but Jesus is there in it all, walking with you and loving you. So remember what it was that drew you to Jesus in the first place. Let the joy of the love that you have for Jesus drive you like Martha to welcome Jesus into your life and your home again and again. Trust that he is working in you and through you. Be confident in that. Like Martha, make your declaration of faith. Over time, you will grow and mature and you'll come to trust Jesus more, being content in his grace for you and the world around you and having confidence that he is sovereign over all things whether they're good or difficult. So remember Jesus' miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead. Remember Jesus' own resurrection from the dead. That same power is at work in you through the Holy Spirit once you put your faith in him. So as one of my favorite theologians, N.T. Wright, uh, kind of explained about this passage, Martha might be the active one. So put yourself in Martha's shoes Run off to meet Jesus. Tell him the problem. Ask him why he didn't come sooner, why he allowed that awful thing to happen. And then be prepared for a surprising response. Jesus will meet your problem with some new part of God's future that can and will burst into your present time, into the mess and grief, with good news, with hope, with new possibilities. And the key to it all, now as then, is faith. So, how appropriate that Martha's story ends with her serving a meal to honor Jesus. After Lazarus' resurrection and just before Jesus' own death and resurrection, we see uh, this meal that gets served. And today, I'm going to invite you into basically the same meal. So today, as we share communion with one another, during these next few songs, feel free at each point, come out, take the cracker and dip it in the juice or the wine and just remember and think through 
how God has given that life for us. If you believe and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we invite you to partake in this communion. Remember, it's a response of what Jesus has done in our lives. Similarly, here at Element, we don't pass an offering plate. We see our tithes and offerings as a gift in response to what God has done. It's an act of worship. So if you would like to give, you can drop your offering in any of the boxes around the room at the doors, or you can give online at ourelement.org give. And finally, I just invite you, if God is tugging at your heart this morning, don't just go alone. We do have that prayer team, or maybe find someone that you love and trust, and share what's going on, what God might be doing in your life, and receive that blessing of community that we have as brothers and sisters in Christ. So with that, um, let me pray and we'll head into more worship. Lord, I thank you for this morning. God, I am so grateful that even now you're working in my own life too to remind me that it's not about how many times I hit the microphone this morning or if the jokes are funny or not. Um, God, it's just about me giving my heart to you, my attention and my focus to you. So Lord, remind us all that you love to work through us as we give our time and our energy for you like Martha. But more than that, God, you want our hearts. You want our relationship with you. So as we worship God, as we go about today and maybe even the beginning of this next year, show us how and where we might strengthen our friendship with you. And God, remind us that you are also our Lord and that you do direct our steps. Um, God, for those of us who don't know you, I just pray that you would continue to work on our hearts, that we would come to know you and have faith so that we would see this power of resurrection um, that happened with Lazarus and with you, Lord Jesus, and see that power at work in our own lives. So we give you this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.